1: Up here we go, Lynn Rivers. We are doing it. You're live. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here.
2: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Thank you. So, before we uh start diving too far in, why don't you uh I always hate doing this to people, but you know, the, re- the very first uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, but I feel like sometimes I have to do that just so people know like what we're getting into before. We start talking further with just, you know, randomness or whatever. They're like, this is not what I thought this podcast was going to be. So like, just kind of introduce yourself, give a little bit of a background and we'll kick it off from there, I guess.
2: Great. So I'm Lynn Rivers and I am actually moving back into intuitive counseling um, more full time at this point, but I'm also a photographer and video. I do a lot of with video work too. But my main background has been in the holistic health field for over 15 years, Mm. and I jumped into that field because of my own um, healing that I had to do for myself, working through a lot of chronic illness and um, dis-ease from childhood, basically. I was sick pretty much the entire first 32 years of my life, and now I'm finally on the back end of that, thanks to everything that I learned. Mm. Um, So I still use that in my modalities when I'm working with clients through intuitive counseling i am able to still tap into what's happening with them on a physical level also and giving them pointers as to what they need to take care of so it's always going to be part of my tool belt Mm. yeah
1: okay okay so let's take this back from day one i guess since what you just said since you've been sick all of your life since up to 32 years or whatever so was this hereditary things or was this just something that you know bad luck of the cards I mean what were you dealing with I mean what was going on
2: was it part of my journey you know the plan who knows right like the battle between divine intervention and free will who knows but um, I had pneumonia when I was one and three and I was hospitalized and put in incubators um, and I would blame my dad for that <laughs> not pointing fingers but You know, my dad had a lot of issues and one of them was smoking in the house with us and not realizing like he knew how, how harmful it was, but I was constantly sick with issues of the lungs. I mean, pneumonia, asthma in the hospital on, you know, the mask quite often between one and 15, basically. And um, it wasn't until he stopped smoking in the house that all of that just went away. Like it just vanished. But there was just so much issues with breathing. And then the majority of my family had been sick and most of them died of cancer before I turned 15. And I went through just a lot of trauma with watching that too. So my body was in constant fight or flight. And um, so I think that contributed to a lot of other digestive issues that I had that kind of carried over into my adulthood. But youth wise, it was a lot of breathing issues, a lot with my lungs
1: so at an early age did you recognize i mean i know you, you basically just said that but at age 15 did you know that trauma you were holding in was kind of doing something too bad inside you i mean did you know that at the time or did you sense it or did you just find this out later in life
2: at that point i would say i had not i was still living in the fear and the ptsd basically till i was late 20s really because i don't think we become aware of how impacted we are by our childhood trauma
3: Sure,
2: Um, but it was after I my or when I was 27 my organs were shutting down at the same time my partner had been diagnosed with the same colon cancer that my mom died of and um, so I had that was one of my biggest near-death experiences and it was coming back from that one that I was able to just see like oh my god like I haven't worked through so much of what I've been through in this life. And I just keep perpetuating the cycle. I kept inviting in people who would replay these traumas, hence my partner who ended up dying of the same cancer. And there are just so many pivotal moments in that where I was just like, wow, I'm doing this. Like I'm creating these scenarios because I haven't healed what I needed to heal in the past, you know? So I think there's like a, there's a buildup to that point. Like I would say from 23 to that point, I was aware of stuff that was happening. Yeah. But it was that moment that was like the aha, like I'm doing this, I'm creating this, this cycle. And it was just a big moment.
1: Yeah. It was like a light bulb just kind of went off. And right. you noticed that like, Oh wait, you know, you, yes. it's like pointing fingers, like you said, everybody else, but then you're just like, oh, wait, yes, it's, it's me. I'm, I'm the problem.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Because at a certain point, it's like, yes, as a child, you don't have any control over your environment, right? You can't tell your dad to stop smoking. You can't tell your dad to stop drinking, but there comes a point when you are no longer a child and you you're in control of your situation and your surroundings. And that's where we need to take responsibility for our actions and everything that we're calling in.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you reach a certain age, and like you just said, that, you know, I was fortunate enough, nobody in my family was really with health problems or smoked or even battled with alcohol or anything like that. But, you know, but, you know, but for me, you know, I remember like some of my earliest memories. I just remember thinking, oh, this is just life, this is how it is, and not really, you know, I was from a very, very rural area. And it was really hard for me to even compare myself. The other people, just because I never saw things like that, you know, it's real sp- small, uh, small farm t- farm town that I can't talk to. them, <laughs> And that, you know, even my friends were not even dealing with that type of stuff. I mean, it was just so, it was just like that type of area or if they were that nobody talked about it. So when I would look at areas like that or see things like this, I just got it from, I guess, the entertainment industry, just watching TV mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It was like, oh, shit, you know, oh, there is stuff like that out there. And I guess. You know, I guess not until probably I was a teenager is when I started to really understand you know, that what people go, th- you know, not everyone has the rainbows and gummy bears childhood, you know, right. that, yeah, that shit happens. And, you know, I was just, like I said, fortunate enough where, you know, I had a good childhood. Wow. And I don't worry about things like that. And, but now, you know, with podcasts and listening and like the entertainment industry, still like listen to people like yourself, you're like, Oh shit. You know, it's like, you know, I try to empathize with people like yourself, but it's, I try to, but it, I mean, like I I get it, but it's still like, I'm just not there, just because I never really right. experienced anything like that before, right? Right. Yeah.
3: There.
2: Yeah. There is a boundary there where you can't empathize with certain things because it's such a. It's usually that smack from the universe, right? That really drops you into that space of like, oh my god, this is what this person was going through. Yeah. And I have no idea. And it's not that I don't think you can train empathy. You can understand that someone went through something difficult. Sure. And have compassion for them. But empathy is completely different. You can't drop down into that same space with them, yeah. and I think it's I think it's okay for people to remember that because we live in a society that pushes empathy so much, and it's like, well, some people are not going to experience that, and it doesn't make them a bad person. Exactly, it's just something that they can't tap into because.
1: Oh, is, sorry, um, I should have warned you before we started the podcast that I'll cut this part out. But uh, sometimes, for whatever reason, they did some work on my internet lines here recently. Now. Uh, Randomly, we get a five-second freeze up on my Zoom calls. So it might no happen. Problem. I don't know. That's okay. Okay. But yeah, I mean, to your point, the last thing I heard that, you know, about empathizing with people, and I think I've talked about this before on here, but I've had some friends who've gone through, you know, some to be vague through through some addiction type problems, mm-hmm. I guess I'll say. And I'll tell you off the air if you want to know later. But when they talk to me about it, you know, in one-on-one situations, we're just hanging out, you know, just, you know, having a drink or a, over dinner or whatever, it's hard for me to like I said, empathize with them, like, you know, cause they'll tell me like, all right. So for example, <clears throat> if somebody is addicted to, you know, alcohol or watching porn or whatever it is. And then right. for me, I was cause of one of our conversations, like, well, just stop doing it, man. It's that easy. Just, you know, go do something else. But it wasn't until later, like, and of course he was good and you know, he accepted what I was saying, but it wasn't until later after the conversations I started even and learning more, just talking, and thinking out loud to myself I was like man you know I really don't understand like what his brain chemistry is doing you know it's so easy for me just to say that stuff but I really don't know what he's going through you know just nice. uh, yeah and I, and I just couldn't and I felt then then I felt like an asshole just for saying like hey man stop doing it bro but and I remember going up this hey man <clears throat> now like I kind of understand it's just not as simple as me saying like stop doing it but whatever I can do, you know, if you just need someone to talk to, listen, anything, like I'll do what I can, but you know, I'll, it's a learning thing for me as much as it is for you trying to get, you know, get over this or fix what you got going on. Does that kind of make sense? Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, two points to that. So one is like the whole point of, um, stop thinking about the pink elephant, right? Like you, that whole thing where the more you try to tell someone to not think about it, they're going to think exactly.
3: about it because
2: you weren't thinking about that before, but now all you can think about is a pink elephant. Right. And, and the other thing that's really cool that I'll tap into because it's my history is addiction can actually be caused by what's happening in your gut. So the majority of what is actually happening in your brain is stemmed from your gut. And a lot of people who are dysbiotic in any form in their gut, it can lead to addictions, addictions of all kinds. And the second that they get that in order, it's so much easier for them to quit. Then at that point they can be like, Oh, I'm actually not interested in drinking. Because our gut bacteria can drive that that feeling of needing to drink or needing to smoke or any of that, and so it's like we're not always in control. Our little our little bugs are.
1: Yeah. So, you talk about the microbiome. Is that just coming from your gut? Is that just talking about in general? Just what are you feeding yourself, and that's why it could be making you feel a certain way.
2: That's That's one reason, but there's also the fact that the biggest contributor to gut dysbiosis is antibiotics. Right. And oh. our generation has been loaded with antibiotics because right. I remember as a kid, it was like, oh, you ha- you're you sick. Go take an antibiotic. Go take this.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that damages our gut microbiome. Like 90 percent. Sometimes it can just be wiped out and we have to repopulate it.
3: Yeah.
2: Right. So it can really wreak havoc on our gut. And if we don't repopulate it with the right things, then all of the bad bacteria can actually build up and create a bunch of different symptoms.
1: Mm. My grandma used to make me go drink a Coke if I was feeling bad. It's like, almost- <laughs> oh my like, God. I, that was her first solution instead of pills or whatever, but have a Coke. And I was like, you're oh. but but go, like, touching on that though, is that one of the issues with modern medicine today? Is that, and, and just even the medical industry in itself, just because it's so easy just to say that you have a headache, you know, you're, I don't know, you have a cough or whatever. Oh, here, here's pills, take this. Take right. And then, I, and I know you deal with the holistic, medicine and like you know comparing that to i guess modern western medicine where you know it's almost tinfoil hat talking here it's like a money gimmick you know oh you know you got a cough let's give him spills feel so right. no matter what you know is that kind right. of the problem is that i we just for absolutely pile medicine no matter what
2: i mean absolutely i think the medical the western medical system has a place in acute conditions right like when my appendix ruptured I needed to be in the hospital. And yes, did antibiotics help me at that moment? Yes. But in that moment, could they have told me you need to take probiotics along with this so you don't wreck your gut microbiome? Yes, they should be telling you that, right? And on the other end of it, a lot of people look up to doctors as them being smart and we need to listen to our doctors because that's what we're taught. But the bottom line is they're trained. They're not educated. They're trained specifically to take care of symptoms, not the root cause right? So you go in for something and you're having a condition and they just give you a pill to mask the symptoms. Yes. When instead you should be asking, why is this happening? We need to correct the, the, the function of what's causing this.
3: Mm -hmm. And
2: so, yeah, I have a really like a sore thumb for them (laughs) because it's just like, it needs to be brought back to holistic care of let's get you healthy. And the problem is a lot of humans are lazy and they want the pill they want the quick fix exactly right so they just feed each other like the only reason the medical system is surviving is because of the people who continue to go and just get the quick fix Mm -hmm. fix (laughs) yeah
1: and just so everyone is aware when we say holistic and you can touch on this too explain it better Mm -hmm. than i can of course but holistic or functional medicine whatever you want to say but it's like treating the whole thing like you know uh spiritual, physical, emotional, uh, I don't know, am I, am I leaving anything out? But then instead of if, like you just said, like, oh, you have a cough today, that's your symptom, rather than think, okay, where's this cough coming from? You know, right. it's all right. So right. is that pretty accurate?
2: Yes. Oh, you have a cough, let's give you this cough medicine instead of like, okay, are your lungs, let's check your lungs first, right. are your lungs doing okay? You know, and it's like functional medicine does, it's like, let's figure out why this is happening. So I had histamine intolerance, I was salicylate intolerance, all these different foods. I was down to eating meat and gluten-free bread at one point. That was all my body could handle. And if you go to the doctors, I mean, they're just going to like try to, one, they're probably going to say, oh, well, nothing's wrong. It's all in your head. But then the second thing is that you, there's a structure that's happening inside and you need to figure that out. Right. And so it's like, I had to understand why all of these were happening and not just assume, well, I just have all these food allergies and I can't eat anything. Right. Because that's like what we think like, Oh, well, I'm just allergic to all this stuff. But the reality was my gut, my, my gut microbiome was just so dysbiotic that I couldn't digest anything that I was putting into my body until I got that back in order. Mm. So it's like, that's like finding the root cause. Like my digestive system was out of whack and it was causing all these other symptoms.
1: And you just said you were eating meat and gluten. Did you say gluten free bread? Yeah. How long did you do that for?
2: A year and a half.
1: Okay. And do you know who Jordan Peterson is? I don't. He's a clinical psychologist. Um, he's ma- basically uh, he's been on a lot of major podcasts. And and long story like or short that basically he's a he used to teach in Toronto. He was a professor, but um, he refused to call people by their pronouns. He was going to call them. I guess what he initially thought they were, I don't know. I don't, I'm butchering that story pretty bad, but that's kind of what got him famous and more like, I guess more awareness just because he was like, no, I'm sticking to my thing. And you know, I think you got a lot of flashback from the university for doing it. But anyway, the point is what I'm going with here is that uh, he is a straight carnivore diet person where he has so many autoimmune deficiencies where he can only eat meat and like drink sparkling water or something like that. And he actually talks about, and he's a big advocate for it talking about how it's, you know, lessen his depression, his autoimmune deficiencies are better now. You know, does he like eating meat all the time? No, but it, it works for him. He can actually function through life without pain and you know, mm-hmm. like like intestines being messed up, I guess, or whatever. So I was that's why I guess I asked about that, just what your experience was like on it.
2: Yeah, so I have heard of him. And the it is a actually an amazing diet to go on when you do have autoimmune conditions, just to get it down though. And then at that point, you should be Getting your gut back in health by taking probiotics and all these other things that you can do to get your health, get it healthy again so you can start incorporating other foods. It's not a long-term solution right. Um, there are there's actually like a lot of things that can go wrong from doing that too in a long term. I mean, don't get me wrong, do I still eat a lot of meat? I do. It's my main focus because Same. it is easy for my body to digest right. And I think a lot of people they get that backwards where, they think like meat is the enemy and the reality is is it's actually one of the easiest things for your body to digest as long as you have enough hydrochloric acid which our body is supposed to produce enough of because we were made to eat meat and when you don't you ruin you like deplete that um, the hcl and then it starts wreaking havoc on a bunch of other digestive systems and it's just it's like it is it's one of the easiest things to eat and um yeah, I'm a proponent for if you have autoimmune conditions, try sticking with that route.
1: Of course. Yeah. I'm a big advocate for meat as well. And just, I'm one of these CrossFit bros. Who's, you know, <laughs> like, and like, that's my thing, like, you know, as far as eating red meat, I don't, I just, it works for me, you know, and I, got, mm-hmm. I only eat red meat. No, but I eat other things, but that's solely a lot, a major percentage of my diet is just
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, red meat, not in the morning, but, you know, but lunch and dinner. Yes. And, but I guess what I'm getting at is that there's, I've talked to a few people even on here who are so, and even read books who are so anti-meat, you know, and I don't want to make this whole podcast about nutrition and meat and meat, I guess, but they don't. And this is the beauty about podcasting is that, you know, you get people on here who love meat and we're talking very intelligently about it can quote statistics and case studies where, you know, I can't really do that off the top of my head, but then, you know, it's like going on to another podcast and you have something like, I have one on here who talked about how, you know, meat shortens your intestines and that it's not really that safe to eat and blah. blah. And like, you know, he was only drinking a certain shake every day and that was good enough for him. And that made it work. And he was also, I think, an Olympian at one point. And and it's hard to argue with that. For me, it is. And uh, because I'm not on that maybe intelligent level where, like I said, quoting case studies and things like that. But it's nice to hear that other people are out there eating meat and like it's there's good things behind it rather than just anti-meat everything, right? That's right. What,
2: yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important. Like I, I do it consciously, right? Like I like to use local butchers and yes. you know, um, stuff like that. And I also it is the point that everybody is different. Everybody is different. Right. And some things will work for others and not for others, you know, but there is also the point and I think it's more than just in how you take care of yourself. I think as long as you're digesting well, it doesn't matter what you eat. I mean, you think about our like people before us and the crap that they ate, and it's like (laughs) they're in their 90s, and yeah, they may be fat, but they're still going, right? They're still, Uh, they're still moving through it. And it's just like, I don't think that diet is the end all be all. I think it's, there's a lot of good things that you can do for yourself with it, but I don't think it's the point where you need to just like focus everything, like make sure I eat this and make sure I don't eat this. It's just like moderation. And paying attention to how you're feeling.
1: Yes, that's that's a great point, and I love that. And I think that's where maybe some miscontributes come about just because, you know, it's so easy to hear somebody who says on a podcast, oh, I eat McDonald's. Like, uh, do you know who Chad o- Cinco is? No. He's a famous football player. And okay. his whole thing, like he's a big proponent of he eats McDonald's every day, right? And it's like, well, how can somebody eat McDonald's every day and still be able to be a professional athlete in the NFL? And it's like, does it work for him? Yeah, I guess it does. I mean, is he really, truly eating McDonald's every day? I don't know. But
3: right.
1: if he's eating once a day, he, he apparently eats it for every meal. But oh
3: that, God.
1: I, I don't know. I don't know how true that is, but that's the story. But some people will hear that type of stuff and won't do their homework, won't do their research or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, really understand what type of meat is, you know. Right, beef patty, or if that even is McDonald's thing. But anyway, of
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: And so they put it in their bodies, and they're they don't understand. Like, oh wait, I'm getting worse. But you know, this worked for him. Why? Why is he so you know, better than me right now? And and I think it's just you know, it's and I'm not okay. And we're back. And so, yeah. But I, th- <laughs> I think my whole point, whatever the story I was going to. And sorry, folks, we just had a little. dog's got into a little uh, tumble right there, or something. But, um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, my whole point was us. You know, if Whatever diet you're doing, you know, if you're, you know, doing carnivore, whole, whole thirty, paleo, whatever, do your homework with it. You know, just don't stay. I'm going to stick with it for six weeks. You know, take right. take yourself notes about it. How am I feeling? Is it making my conditions worse or better? Yeah. What's it doing? So
2: that's exactly. my, that was my
1: only point behind that.
2: Really comes down to using your intuition, which is <laughs> yeah. my job, right? But it is. It's being intuitive with your body and knowing what works, what doesn't, and just like if you feel off and you can look back and see like, Oh, this is what I ate. Great. Like yeah. do a restriction for it with it for a little bit and then add it back in and see how it works. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not that difficult as long as you're paying attention and listening.
1: No, it's, it's, it's pretty simple to me. <laughs> it's pretty simple just because, and that's one of the, and going back a little bit, this is where it's not simple that, you know, we were talking about addiction or whatever. And so people who have issues with Food or nutrition, mm-hmm. right? Or whatever, mm-hmm. they still have to eat, you know, if they have a bad relationship. And like, and I couldn't imagine just, you know, if you're battling food, what, you know, knowing you still have to eat, like, how do I,
2: how
1: do, I do this? Right. How do I, and I've like, been a, you've been there.
2: I've been there. I mean, think of like, I was terrified to eat anything. Like, I got to the point where I was afraid to put a blueberry in my mouth, you know, and so like, I, there was a point where I was just like, should I just do the shake thing and only eat the, you know, the vitamin shake that they have. And, um, like I was just terrified to put anything in my body. And, and there have been moments recently where I've gone back that route because I had like a little slip up with my digestive system. And I was like, Oh man, I can't go back down that route of being afraid to eat. Like we have to eat in order to live. You shouldn't have to be afraid of what you're putting in your body that intensely. And it's, it sucks.
1: Yeah. And and growing up for you, I mean, you know, we talked a little bit about your childhood, though. With, you know, everything that was going on, I mean, was, you know, did you feel outcasted? I guess as a child and going through, you know, teenage years and stuff. With, you know, oh yeah, or did you just or did you just feel different in general? I guess maybe not outcasted was the right word.
2: But- no, I mean, I've always felt like I I never fit into a group. Right, like I, I spend the majority of my time alone. I like being alone. It's, it's where I'm most peaceful. Like, how can you not be at peace with yourself, you know? And I think, as a child, like I just had, I had so much constant trauma, that I can't even remember like happy moments. Right, like so, oh. it was constant like PTSD that it just like filled my entire neurological system, and so I felt like, I just didn't. I just didn't resonate with being anywhere. Like at school, I was, like you said, I was the outcast. And um, I was like, I play sports. I love playing. I don't like watching sports, but I love playing them. And I I was really good at football and rugby. And so I was always the one where I was like, that's where I felt at my best. But then there was like this side of me that I think, had I been diagnosed at a younger age, I would have been diagnosed as autistic because I was on so much medication that it really changed my, my um, social, like social skills and able to, my ability to adapt to situations. And I took everything so literal. I was such a serious kid. And I remember like my dad was playing with some of the neighborhood boys and one of them took his hat and I took that as like an imminent threat And so I dropped this kid over a six foot wall and just started like pounding his head. And I was just like, I was, I had this dysfunction and I was just like, I, I just, I was so literal. And I I was like, you can't do that. You can't take my dad's hat. And I just remember just like, everyone was like, what's wrong with her? Like, why is she (laughs) so mean? And I was just like, I, you know, and and it didn't change much until like I was in my teenage years where I was just a little bit more calm. (laughs) Mm. Yeah.
1: Pretty good story there then.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny to look back on like these poor kids. I just like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you seem to be doing very well now. So, you know, and I don't wish for anybody to go through something like what you were going through at that time. But I mean, to think that, if you wouldn't have gone through something the way you have, you wouldn't be the person you are today.
2: No, no. Like I'm, I'm grateful for my past, you know, like I I don't have any family members anymore at this point. And I lost a partner and, you know, friends along the way. But, but through all of that and everything that I had to heal through, through myself, like regardless of the emotional trauma or the physical elements, like all of that is what brought me to, you know, being grounded and seeing the world in a different way mm. like I don't relate to most of everything that's going on in this world I just think it's a bunch of shit that people are following and and I just don't get it and so like I'm thankful for that I'm thankful for not just being another one of the you know the people following everything and just like just being robotic is really how I yes. see it just like living this robotic life and and I'm thankful for being on the outside of that even though that could feel lonely to some I feel more alive than probably most people do and so I'm super grateful for that
1: and talking about what most people are following I mean are you kind of meaning towards what we were just talking about earlier with the meat thing or
2: everything diets and politics and Mm -hmm. all the structures and all the victim games that people are playing it's just like why do you keep playing it? Like they're doing this and you're just playing along with it. And it's just, I just don't understand it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, like, Oh, almost everybody playing the victim card over right. every little small thing. And it's just yeah. like, it's kind of what I, what I was saying earlier, you know, I haven't really, I've never really experienced anything like you have. And, but when right. people say like, Oh, you know, I dropped my pen and now life sucks. And now they're like, it's like, woe is was me kind of thing. Right. right. And are, hey, you don't, are you serious? Like you dropped it. Right. Yeah. So they yeah. don't really know you know, what other people have been through just because they think they've been through some shit, but they really have. Yeah.
2: Well, and that's just it. Like we keep using the past as an excuse for creating more havoc in this life. And it's just like, let the past go, create your future as you want to stop worrying about what other people are doing. The president doesn't dictate how you live your life. Like stop using all of these people as an excuse and create what you want to create. It's really not that hard. Yeah, And it's just like the blame game. It's like, I want to blame everyone else for my problems. No one else is in charge of your life, but you. So I just, I wish people would wake up and stop feeding the same cycle that just keeps them going in this little perpetuate, like, Yeah. Yeah,
1: this is one of the best times to be alive. And I I forgot who I was talking to again, but they told me that, you know, you always have a choice, right. And that, you know, some people, some people will be like, Oh, I don't have a choice. Right. But you do i mean no matter what you know when you wake up in the morning you're choosing what you're going to eat or have coffee or whatever when you're choosing what you're going to wear i mean or you're going to be choosing that hey you know if you want to be a rock star or whatever you're choosing to either you know after school or after work or whatever you're doing you're choosing to go yes. spend two hours playing guitar or two hours watching netflix or whatever. exactly yeah and right. uh, yeah and like hey man you know I don't think you when you look back on things and you just say, Oh, you know, life sucks. I never became a rock star. It's like, Well, did you really look back on what you were doing? Like how many hours a week were you watching Netflix instead of you know, uh, practicing gu- yeah. <laughs> practicing guitar? You know, like you know, like 12 hours of Netflix and 30 minutes of guitar playing, it doesn't balance out, man. It doesn't work no. out. even we all wanted to work like that and have a short right. of life and yeah, you know, what does it take the blue pill or the red pill or whatever it is? To, exactly.
2: That's one of my but, favorite movies. Yeah. I'll it's a documentary, a I should say.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it just, but, and it's, but yeah, it's like, you know, stop, man. It's just like, look back. And like I told you earlier, right. Like, make notes. Like, what did you do all day? If right. you can't remember, make a note like, oh, well maybe I shouldn't have, you know, spend 14 hours watching, I don't know, YouTube or whatever it is. Or exactly. not, not reading a book or not getting smarter. Sometimes yeah.
2: whatever it is, you know? Yeah. 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 And on the other end of that you get to choose how you respond to situations too. Like sure maybe there are things outside of our, you know, control, but it's like in that moment how are you responding, you know, is going to be what sets you up for the next. Yes. adventure the next journey the next step. Because I think it's it's so easy to for things to happen and especially like breakups and and divorces like the thing with divorce is like just cracks me up people are like oh well, I'm going through a divorce and it's really tough and I'm like who's making it tough? Like you both have an, you both have a choice in how it's going, right? Mm-hmm. It is a breakup with paper involved. Like it doesn't have to be difficult. We just made it like a social norm for, Oh, how sad I'm going through divorce. And you know, like, Whoa, me. And it's just like, you always have a, a decision and how you move forward with everything that happens in your life. Yes. And it just, it's, I don't have patience for a lot of people. I don't. I don't, I don't <laughs> and I think it's, you. yeah,
1: it's, it's, like I told you earlier, like me doing CrossFit, like that completely changed. I've been doing it about 10 years now. And Amazing. that changed my mindset, my outlook on life, just knowing that, you know, again, like I'm just going to work out every day, but yeah, I'm doing pretty high, high intensity workouts. And, you know, I'm throwing down with, you know, people who are doing the same thing, creating this community mm-hmm. and camaraderie. And, you know, it's just like, hey, you know, do hard shit. And that way it makes kind of daily life easier and stuff. And so- right. To me, it does. Maybe not to everybody, but this is me speaking. But when people come to me and they, you know, they talk about, you know, oh man, you know, like somebody cut me off today or, you know, they got my order wrong and it's like, shut up, man. You know, like that's not really that big of a deal. Right. Right. Like like it's like ruined. They're like saying it ruined my whole day or whatever. And it's like, what are you talking about, man? You know, like come work out or something, man. Like they got your order wrong. Okay. That's no big deal. I mean, and, and it's almost, it's a good thing. It's like a double-edged sword for me because it's like a good thing that, you know, right. like I said, it's made daily life easier for me. Like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, like whatever I got, I got to do. It's like, Oh, that no, we're good. <laughs> whatever I do in daily life. It's like, all right, no big deal. Right. And there's no stress. Right. I keep, I'm, I usually stay on a pretty even kill. but when people come up to me and, you know, they talk about getting cut off in traffic or, uh, or something small like that, I was like, it's almost like I'm looking at them like they're a very weak person, you know, and it's just, right. Right. And I, I don't intentionally want to do that. Cause I want to help them out or whatever, but it's like, why, why man? Like, it's not. It's not like that. You're better than that. Right. You can yeah. be better than that.
2: Right. Yeah. You know. That's. It makes me think of this story. So I was driving for Uber a long time ago, oh. and it was right after I um, my appendix had ruptured, and I came out of the hospital. And though actually this was before, and so I had found out that my partner had died because there's a long story where she had to move back to Oregon because her family had to take care of her because I was dying. So so it, it's a it's an interesting story but after that i was driving for uber while i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do next and i had just found out that my partner died and her family didn't tell me about it and um i'm driving and this kid in the back he was like super him and his friend were in the back and he's like oh man i'm so bummed I was like, what happened? He's like, my girlfriend just broke up with me. I was like, and he was just like, I don't know if I should just like keep going. If I should just let this life go, you know, just being really overly dramatic. And of course. I was like, yeah, I had a really rough day too. And he's like, oh, what happened? I like I found out that my, my partner died right after I just got out of the hospital and all this stuff. And he's like, oh shit. Oh, <laughs> And he's like, wow he's like that just put this into perspective and i'm like yeah it's really not that big of a deal like breakups happen and he was young and i was like you're gonna be fine like it's a good thing rejection is protection and you know and he was just like wow and he just he left with you could tell like he had that aha moment and I was just like thank god you know because hopefully that shifted his life for him
1: yeah i mean it's like well, some a little bit earlier, just going through certain experiences in life where you do get rejected, you lose the game or, you know, not everything is, like I said, always rainbows, rainbows and right. I don't know what I said. But, you know, because, you know, I mean, I went through a breakup last year and it sucks, but am I better for it? Yeah, I guess. And like you said, rejection is protection. I've never heard of that. That's cool, though. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, and I don't wish stuff like that on everybody. But I think to an extent you have to go through things like that in order to learn about yourself and. You know, like, and it, again, it can be like what you can you learn about yourself and, like, hey, how am I going to take this? Am I just going to sit here and, you know, just say, woe is me, life sucks, or whatever? Or you're just going to get up and keep moving forward and, right. you know, find out new goals, new life paths, new whatever it is. Like, you know, it's like we've just been saying, like, life is so easy. You can do any, and in in this modern world, you can do anything and be anything that you want to do if you're willing to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I just hope that's like, I feel like I'm just don't want to make it like, oh, it's so easy, but, it almost is to an extent with all the education and podcasts and materials and YouTube and high, higher education and just talking yes. to people and family and friends. Like you have a wealth of yes. knowledge,
2: open your mind. That's all you have to do open is your mind. open your there mind you and learn.
3: There you right?
2: go. And it's just like the way the relationships and breakups, like the best thing that you can do is just like, think back and be like, okay, what did I learn from this relationship? Yes. What do I need to grow in? What could I have done better? What did I not like that I want to make sure that I don't attract again? And then when you do that, it's like it's pulling you into this like, great, this person made me better and I'm thankful to them. You know, you don't want to leave a relationship with resentment. Otherwise, you're going to enter into the next one with resentment, right? And it's just going to be a pattern. So it's like one of those things about opening your mind is like realizing that you have a part in every relationship that you're in and we're all here to teach each other something,
3: Uh, right? And
2: our relationships are the greatest teachers of our lives. Like I think about all the people I've been with and I'm not with people anymore at this point because I don't want to be, but every single one of them gave me something to move forward with to be a better person because I was willing to take that. Did they? I don't know. Maybe they hate me still. Maybe. <laughs> but that's not my job. I don't need to worry about their life. I need to worry about me being better. And there's no...
1: Uh-oh. And we're first. Oh, we're back. No, yeah, you're here. <laughs> yeah. The last thing I heard was like, you don't have to worry about you being better or something. Yeah.
2: I mean, you just right. have to worry about you being better, not other people. Oh, it's exactly, you know, it's, and I was saying that you can't, why be here if you're not going to grow and learn, right? Like mm. it's a waste hey, of space. Like why, you, why live your life if you're not going to get better?
1: <laughs> yes. Right. I mean, that's what, I mean, like I'm one of these people. I don't know when I got it. Maybe it was after cousin college. I was one of these guys who tried to be the party boy and just have a good time all through it. And I guess I just thought that was a social norm or cultural narrative of college. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And just that, that's what people did, which looking back on, that's not what all people do, but yeah, do some people do it? Yes. But that somewhere along the line, I guess I hit a brick wall or got, I don't know what it was, but I, I almost, I got stagnant and I decided that, you know, Hey man, you know, in order to, get to point A to point B to point C, you know, I got to grow and learn. And I started, you know, listening to more podcasts and trying to read more books and, you know, just looking at the way people see other things through their eyes compared to how I do. Hope I said that right. But like, it was like, yeah, okay, good. (laughs) Cause it was almost like, you know, almost having like a fixed mindset where you think you know everything and that life is going to be X, Y, and Z, but then you finally hit something and you're I hit like hit that brick wall and you're like, oh, how do I get around this wall? You know, with, no, I don't have any help right now. So either I can think my way out of it or, you know, start researching ways to figure out how to get out of it or whatever. Right. And then I think that's what created this new me. If that's what you want to say, where I want to learn and I want to grow and I want to be better than I was, you know, last year and better than I was five years ago and just, you know, like, did I miss out on opportunities? Was I just being a, you know, lack for a better word, a fuckhead just because I thought I knew everything. And, you know, I thought the, I was going to be partying the rest of my life or whatever. So, yeah. And so, like, now it's just like, OK, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I'm a young 36 and I want to keep. You know, we learn new every, like we've been like I'm saying, we learn new information every day, you know, new statistics come out, you know, new technology comes out. It's like, oh, man, look how much better we're getting just little by little by little. And like, I don't want to be left behind. <laughs> yeah, I want to stay on it, stay in front of it if I can. And, right. and I, see where, I see where it takes me from there, you know, and like, you know, right. hey, you know, go travel, go learn new things. You know, maybe spend, like you said, you like being alone, like go travel. Maybe if I get the balls enough, go travel to Spain or something by myself and see what happens. Yeah. So I don't know if I'll do that, but I will. I would, if I got some enough research into the balls, like I said, but like, like a lot of success stories and like people who get a lot of wealth and knowledge that I've talked to, it seems like they've done those things like backpacked in Europe by themselves or whatever it is. And just because you learn about yourself and you learn what you like and when you, what you don't like and how you react to certain yes. situations like that's so cool, you know? Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. So I was actually going to ask you how old you were. And so you said it, so I'm 36 too. Nice. And I think one of the best things that I've done for myself was put a restriction on like no relationships for, well, at that point it was like a year or two. Right. But then it turned into seven because I was just like, you yeah. learn so much about yourself and you become uh-huh. your best friend and your best lover. And then it's like, you become so picky about who you let into your world at that point. And you no longer just like, Oh, well she's cute. Sure. I'll let her in. Right. It's not like that. It's like, you really care about a person's morals and how they're going to treat you, and vice versa, yes. because you've learned about yourself. Like if you don't know yourself, you have no right in being with other people,
3: mm. because otherwise,
2: you're going to be projecting all of your crap onto them, and that's not fair. Exactly. And so, my biggest recommendation for people when I when I work with them is, if you are alone, allow yourself to be alone and stop trying to fill a void, because so often it's like but I'm single and I need to find someone. And we live in a society where it's like, you should be married by this point. And why don't you have kids? And
3: oh,
2: the amount of women I talk to who they're like, Oh, but my mom wants me to have grandkids. I'm like, do you want to have grandkids? Like, if not, don't like, don't do it just because of, you know, social pressure. Like it's Mm. baffling that we're still there at this time in our lives. You know, it's like, I do. You don't need to bring more kids into this world. Like, stop, people. <laughs> stop.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's tough, and you know, and I think my family's kind of giving up on me talking about, you know, <laughs> hey, when you're going to start bringing like, if you know, I hate, I like the holidays, but I always say hate it because you know I'm the guy's like, hey, when you going to bring home somebody home? When you going to have bring us home kids and stuff like that? And it's like, shut up, grandma. I mean, I don't mean <laughs> that, but it's like, calm down. But kind of, they kind of let up off me, let off me for a while now. But um, but yeah, it's just like. I guess my point is that, you know, when you say things like, I don't know if I want to have kids, you know, especially to older generations are like, they automatically, like, I guess label you as like a weirdo. I mean, or, and it's just like, well, no, I mean, maybe I just, maybe I just don't want to have kids, you know, maybe it's just like, I want you, maybe I'm just not ready yet. Maybe is it a hundred percent? No, no. But it's just like right there. I'm more on the no side. So it's like conversations like that, where if you th- say things that is not what the other people mm-hmm. are probably to hear It's like, well, I'm not being true and honest with myself. And then when you finally are able to do that, it's like a whole new world where it's just like, Hey, this is how I am. I mean, I'm not trying to hide behind doors or whatever anymore. I just, you know, do I want to be married? Yeah, probably eventually. But does it have to be right now? No, I mean, I don't mind dating myself and (laughs) yeah, learning more about myself. And, you know, and like I said, like I said earlier, growing up in a really small area where it was almost like you know you go to high school and you date oh, your yeah. high school sweetheart and you get married right after high school or, or go through college then get yeah. married and it's just like I didn't do that and not good for you yeah well I mean it's not because I didn't want well no I didn't really want I didn't have any desire to be married at that time and I guess I didn't want to be on a leash or held down like I felt like I wanted to still try to I don't want to be that party boy and still do things. I don't know what it was, but I just didn't,
2: okay. I didn't
1: want to be trapped. I guess that's what I'm trying to say.
2: Right. And but there's yeah. no need to rush. People rush. Exactly. Exactly. You
3: know? And It's like right. you don't
2: have to rush, you know? And, and the other thing there where you said you didn't know if you wanted it. I think so much of what we think we want is just a thought, right? Because that is what everyone else did in our family. So, oh, well, yes. we should be doing this too. And so we think that we want that. But it's when we really get quiet and realize, like, wait a second. Do I want kids running around this house? Absolutely not. Do I want to enjoy life and like Damn. do things? Yeah. You know, and it's like when we can be honest with that and actually like give ourselves the space to to do what we really want to do instead of what we think we want to do. That's where like the game changes. It becomes like when you really stop and ask yourself, it's like, oh, no, no. You know, like I don't want that, and and mm-hmm. go and tell your wife that you know, and it's like <laughs> you might cause a breakup, but you're gonna be. Do you really want kids running around the house right now? Like it yeah. might be a better option.
1: Yeah, and and and, so. and then I don't want to be solely like you know, oh, don't have kids or whatever, but you know, I mean, I've heard good arguments about you know when you do have kids, you never love anything more and right. like just that of one course. little person, and like completely changes you as a person and you wanted to put your mm-hmm. blood sweat and tears into this one little person and like this is a little me i want them to be you know have the have a better life than i did and all the good stuff and just shower them with love and you know and like teach them cool things and you know then when they get to a certain point in life then maybe you know hey okay i know i'm not your i know i'm still your father but i'm not your father right now so like hey let's sit on a couch and you know, watch lame TV and make fun of it or whatever, and just still have that kind of interactions with somebody knowing that you created with that. And like, and I, and I think that's why when I think that way, that's like the, other, why I always, say I'm not a hundred percent. No, just because. Yeah. I mean like that would be awesome. That would be amazing just to have that. But do I, yeah, do necessity. I really want it? Yeah, it's like not a necessity right now. Like you know, right. I got two dogs. Like look, look what just happened back there. <laughs> no,
2: no. <laughs>
1: <Dude>. <laughs>
3: you like, electrocuted
2: I, your dog. I yeah, do you like, really I, want a kid? <laughs> yeah, I two dogs and one just got yeah.
1: electrocuted.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, so like maybe I shouldn't have kids. Um, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. That was my point. Just that I just don't want to be solely yep. like, anti kids or whatever anti-marriage right yeah
2: right and i think there's a point in the the fact that you're waiting though like even if you decide to have kids i think it's better that you're waiting because you know yourself more because unfortunately so many people are having kids and they're just they're doing a cycle with what their family did and so then they're projecting their problems onto their children like it's a perpetuate you know they're just perpetuating that cycle Mm -hmm. and so it's like i feel like I love when people decide to have kids when they're really solid with themselves, when it's not just like, Oh, well, we need to have a family. It's like, who are you as a person? What are your morals? You know, do you know your shit? Well, have you worked through it? Otherwise your child is just another person to take on your projections. Mm. And I don't think that's fair to kids. I was that kid, you know? And it's just like, no, like it's, it's not fun to put kids through that. And I think like a lot of my friends who have kids my best friend, Maria, she is an amazing mother and her kid is so solid. He's only 12 years old and he's more emotionally intelligent than most 20 year olds that I know. Impressive. And she, he, he's like that because she's done her work and she knows how to mother him, you know, but could that have been completely different? Absolutely. You know, and um, where they live, it could have been like a completely different situation where he could have gone down the completely other side of it and been a really crappy child.
3: <laughs> yes. Uh,
2: so yeah, I think it's self-awareness when the the reality that you're bringing in another person, don't project your shit onto them.
1: Do you think older generations have a hard time talking about things like we're talking about just because maybe, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years or yeah, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago, there was no podcast and you know, mental health was not really a cool topic to talk about so if they were to say like what I, we said earlier like hey I don't want to be married right now or I don't want to have kids and that they were just so afraid to say that they're like I don't, I'm just going to deal with it and this is I'll just do this is because it's what grandma and grandpa want me to do or whatever and so they never really worked through their trauma right is this kind of what we said earlier like, just kind of held it in and they're just like yeah. okay, well this is life this is how I'm just going to live the rest of my life but now I'm wondering if younger generations you know just like podcasts and You know, there's so much like we said, there's so podcasts and information and books and Mm -hmm. just, I don't know, seminars or whatever. It's so easy. And so it's not easy, but it's you you feel more almost comfortable talking about things that are not sexy to talk about.
2: Right. Yeah, I think I think it's that. And I also think that there was a necessity. I think the world progresses in a like it's an evolution. Right. So. At one point, was it a necessity to just get married and have kids? Yes, because we're building towards something different. But now we're not there anymore. And so I think it's harder for them to understand that because they kept following the cycle because they were populating it into a certain capacity. And so they think we should be doing the same things. And so I don't think that they can wrap their head around how much it's changed. And I think that happens every generation, right? The world is constantly changing. And so each generation never understands the younger generation. It doesn't matter how far back you go. It's always been that. Mm -hmm. And so I think like they had their ways and I see it from a perspective of one. Yes, they didn't have the, the information that we do now to be able to like express it. But they also were just living in an evolution period for them that was perfect. Like there's nothing to shame about the 50s and 60s of the housewives and stuff, because that was part of our human evolution. You know, it's like, just like when you think about different cultures and how they still handle things in their society, who's for us to say that it's wrong? You know, we only look at it as being wrong, because we don't live in that lifestyle. But that is what they know. And they're in their own evolution of everything, too. And it's just the same with our older generations. Like there's something wrong with what they did. You know, it's like nothing's black or white, which is a big, another point. Like nothing is just black or white. And I think like we live in that space of thinking things should be X or Y, you know, there's no Z. It's just like, that's mm-hmm. just not how it is. And we need to be more conscious of the fact that people just live different lives and not one is right or wrong, you know? And so.
1: Yeah, there's no manual out there say like, this is right. exactly how you should live your life. I mean, based right. on. You know, and then I guess some people could argue that, oh, well, what about religion or whatever, like, you know, Ten Commandments or whatever. But my thought process has always been that, you know, almost any religion, it's always just talked about in different words or languages or whatever phrases. Always just be a good person. Right. No matter what. Yeah, just be a good person. Like no matter what you believe in or who you pray to or whatever it is, your ideologies of it. Just that's what it seems to be the common denominator for me. Maybe that's a. Wrong way of looking at it, but just, hey, just be a good person, man. You know, just it's maybe that's easier said than done. But you know, like I know there's people who deal with some demons and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, but that's it. That's I don't. That was my whole
2: point. Right? Yeah. And I think when you look at religions, it's like across the board, they are all saying the same thing in a different language. You know, and yet we create wars over who's right and who's wrong. And it's like yes. they're all saying the same thing. You yeah. just have to look at the underlying text. And I don't know if you know who Neville Goddard is. Mm-mm. So oh, he actually, he was uh, really famous in the thirties for bringing the biblical text into a format that people could actually understand. And um, it's amazing. Like I I read every single one of his books and listened to every single one of his talks. And it's amazing because he he turns it and he shows you how the Bible is a psychological drama. And when you actually underline it, like the one thing that you come back to is the I am. Like I am, you know, all of the quotes about I am. And when you actually figure out what they're talking about, they're talking about our higher consciousness, right? Like our higher consciousness is what they call God. And he takes it back to every single text across the world and how it all comes back to that same thing. And how it's just like you are creating your reality with your words. And it's like so many people can read that in the Bible, but never understand what it's actually saying. And he he makes it way more understandable for people. Um, Though he was in the 30s, so it's still kind of misdated to where it could be made even more simple at this point. But um, but it was really beautiful to like hear him speak it and for it to be like, oh my god, like I've never heard anything so clear and resonate so deeply. And I just I highly suggest it. I I I would check it out and just I'll just just write his name
1: down.
2: Yeah, it's cool. Some
1: stuff out for him. Or from, but um, but yeah, I mean, that's another good point too. Is just like you know, interpreting whatever religion in a certain way. One person might interpret it one way completely different from another person. Right. So on, like whatever verse it was or phrase or whatever, it's like, well, I didn't get that from it. And then it's like, am I wrong or you wrong? You know, I mean, perspective. Yeah, and love people love to pull that card. Well, you know, it says this, and as you should always act like this. Like, what is it? There's one like you should never touch a. like, I don't ever touch a pig or whatever in the bob Yeah. Heard, <laughs> right.
2: yeah it's like, or the corduroy thing. And it's like, it's, mm, I don't think, okay. Why are you picking and choosing all of these other things to, but yet you, you're eating yeah. this on this day? Oh, no, you're going to hell.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and stuff like mean. that. It's like, okay, well, um, whatever. But yeah. It's just funny, like that, how people love to, you know, it, everyone loves to be right. You know, I mean, I'm not right. going, I mean, everyone likes to, I mean, I don't like to argue, but I like to at least I don't mind, you know, backing down if I get presented with good facts and information rather than just saying like, oh, well, it's this way just because it's this way. It's like, well, I don't think it works like that, bro. But um, but yeah, but I mean, like people love to die on their heels and just whatever it is. And like, that's fine. If that's what you believe in, that's what you want to do at the end of the day. I can still go on my merry way. And
3: exactly.
1: Yeah. And like, and I think that's more like we were talking about earlier about problems with the world. I think, you know, instead of us sitting here being a keyboard warrior or whatever, I can live my life just as happy. And I'm not going to lose sleep over you wanting to believe whatever it is or do whatever you want to do. I mean, that's fine. Like formally, like one of my thoughts and philosophies or theories, whatever you want to call it, is that, you know, do whatever the hell you want to do, as long as you're not hurting yourself or anyone else, just do whatever you want to do. Like, right. if you're happy, you're happy. Who exactly. am I to say otherwise?
3: That's exactly.
2: me. And that's, like, all that really needs to ever be known. I feel like this is coming first full circle here <laughs> of just, like, the fact that it's, like, live and let live. It's really not that difficult. What someone does with their body has nothing to do with you. And it's just, like, we've created such a war on everything. I mean, like, they've created the biggest division in the world by keeping people, like, well, you're this and I'm that, I can't talk to you. And it's just like, why do you care what someone else is doing with their body? Like, how does that affect you? Like, tell me, how does that affect you? And it's just like, we're so afraid of this life that we have to like project our fears onto other people and make them think like we do, right? And that's what shows me a good person. It's like, if you have no fear of another person being near you and being completely different, you are a solid person. Yeah. If you can't stand next to next to someone different than you and without judging them and, po- you know, finding everything, you know, that, oh, well, look at what they're wearing. Why are they wearing this? <laughs> and, oh my God. It's just like,
1: oh yes. There
2: is something wrong with you. Very like nice. that's the bottom line. There is something wrong with you and you are not diving into that. And to me, that is what makes a good person is being able to just like own yourself, be confident in who you are and let other people be who they are. Um, because that's right there. It shows that you're not confident as a person if you have to bring other people down to your level. Mm.
1: I like that, Lynn. I agree one hundred percent with that. And then, like you said, this full circle, I mean, I know we kind of get it short on time right here. but um, I mean, we we talked about uh, been talking about growth and learning and evolving. I mean, what is your future? like what do you you got any plans for yourself? Or you just, Take it one day at a time, or do you have goals? I mean, what do, do you see yourself in 10 years?
2: <laughs> oh God. I'm hopefully still here, but who knows? Um, you know, I, I think that I try to take everything day to day. I, I have visions and you know, with public speaking and really diving into my counseling career and seeing where that goes. But more than anything, it's day-to-day day because I've also been in the movie business. So I'm like kind of like, okay, well. If something pulls me stronger, then I'm going to follow that. But it really is just a a lesson in being present and seeing what's calling me day to day because we change. Things change, you know, and what feeds me well today may not do me well in a week from now. So it's just like day to day. um, I'd say 10 years from now, just being a great person still, you know, and sharing my gifts in whatever way that shows up.
1: Mm. We, we didn't even talk about that. I forgot you did filmmaking, you write, and you've done some photography and stuff. I mean, like, real quick, I mean, <laughs> I mean what was that like? I mean, yeah, I mean, filmmaking, I mean, what did you do? Were you directing? What?
2: So making short videos, and I was in L.A. for a while and was tapping into a few of the TV shows and doing some background work with them. Um, but I really just did that to make sure, like, I didn't want to, like, dive full back into that. And right now, I'm a photographer full time. That's actually what. Oh. I do full time right now while I dive back into the counseling world. Um, But I'm slowly transitioning that I'm going from photography back into counseling. So um, I just needed a break after five years of going from, you know, almost dying from liver failure to my partner dying to being homeless in San Diego, then to my dad dying and a week later having a ruptured appendix. I was just like, I just need a break and I need to not think about anything heavy. I need to play, I climb. And so I just took a year of climbing. I went climbing everywhere I could and um, just really let photography be my, my guide at that point. So I could just not think about things so much, just take pictures. And, um, and now I'm feeling like on the other side of it and it's time to move back in. So.
1: Are you still climbing?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. I climb tomorrow morning.
1: <laughs> How's that grip strength? Pretty impressive.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was a massage therapist, so that came in handy too. So, <laughs> and
1: yeah. then you just said you were homeless in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know we like I said, we're getting short time. What was that like, real quick? I can't, pa- I can't pass over that. Just like I didn't.
2: Yeah, it. yeah, that was just another part where I was still healing, and so I couldn't take on a full time job because I had, um, at that point, chronic fatigue syndrome from everything that had happened. And so I had to work whenever I could and I moved out of a house long story short and I tried to find a house in San Diego and nowhere would take me. I have two pit bulls and nowhere wanted to rent to me. Like I swear to god having pit bulls is like having
1: <laughs> I've, I've heard though, yeah.
2: Yeah, and so I couldn't find a house and it just kept happening and so a friend of mine had a co-working center next to my climbing gym. She's like, well, why don't you just stay in the office space at night until you find a space? And so I had to play like around, like I was sleeping on the floor and making sure I woke up before the people came in and um, I stayed there and it was supposed to be just for a month while I found a house and it ended up being six months Um, and I never found a house and I ended up having to move to Austin. So, (laughs) yeah, but it was during that time that I was making, I literally had no money to buy food the next day and that's where I found my deepest sense of trust um it was like in a moment when I was laying on the floor and I was like how am I going to eat tomorrow and something in me just shifted from the poverty mentality into like I know that I'll be okay and I know that I'll be taken care of and it was in that moment where I was like I'm good like the universe has my back everything's going to be okay And, um, I did, I made it through and I was always given enough just to eat, but to never get a house. And I just, I wasn't meant to be in San Diego
3: Hmm. because
2: the second I decided to move to Austin, I needed a prep for that move. And I made more money in one week than I did an entire six months of being in San Diego.
3: Damn.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. So little life lessons.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, real quick, do you, I'm trying out a new segment. And do you okay. want to do you want to do it with me? It's three. It. I give you random questions, and it's like we'll do like three or four. And i I think I'm calling it like random questions with Chris or something like that. I don't know, but I'm trying to stuff cool. out. Okay. It. And then we'll take the podcast home right there. Okay. Uh the first one. Would you rather all of humanity be able to breathe underwater, fly, or be able to communicate with aliens?
2: I already communicate with aliens, so um <laughs>
1: Yeah, we got to
2: get you back. Um, that's a whole that. story. Yeah, that would be a um, great... I would love to go underwater. We can go up in the air, right? Like we right. can fly, and they're finding other ways for us to fly. So, being able to breathe underwater, that would just be like a dream come true. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, I agree with that because there's so much of the ocean, nobody has oh. explored it all. And I would thought the exact same thing is like, get under yeah. there, see what else is under there.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Let's see. All right. So, the next one. Um, if you could watch your worst enemy fail on one game show on TV, what would it be?
2: I don't believe in enemies and I don't like watching people fail. <laughs> you. So that's a difficult question. What I like to see, what I would like to see in a TV show is myself and some friends on Flora's Lava and <laughs> um, to not fail because I'd really like to win that game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, Okay. this is a good one for you right here. If you, Hopefully you don't already have one, but if you had to get a lip tattoo, what would it say?
2: Oh, I do. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was like, like, does she have one? I I do have a lot of tattoos. I saw your
1: tats earlier. Yeah. It's going to be a good one.
2: A lip tattoo. I would probably get written um, be the change you wish to see.
1: Mm. That'd be a long one in there.
2: No, nah, well, I could just be written like
1: <laughs> Is it true? And you probably that they only last lip tattoos only last a couple of years or something? Yeah, they
2: don't last long because yeah. it's always constantly like the saliva is washing it away and then your okay. lips peel a lot. So yeah.
1: Okay. Um this might be a good one for you. What is your ultimate nightmare social situation?
2: Being around people. <laughs>
1: yeah. Do you consider yourself an introvert?
2: I am very introverted as far as like I am co I'm like kosher and I love talking with people like you and I having a conversation. Okay. But when I'm in a crowd with people, unless they are on the same vibration, it's just like conversation is useless. I think we we overextend conversations. And so just being in like a group setting, it's that's just bleh uh, to me.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying I, I I relate a lot to that just because I do okay in I wouldn't say I'm introverted, but I know I do okay in small groups, but it usually mm-hmm. when it gets to be about like six or more people, I I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if we're, if we're all out to dinner or something. It seemed to just, I don't know if it's just too many people talking at once and you're trying to yes. pay attention to everybody or what exactly it is. But I was, I've never felt like I've been myself in those situations. Right.
2: It's overstimulating. You have so much that you're trying to pay attention to. It's like mm-hmm. you're having this conversation and then someone over here starts talking about something and you're like, what did they say about what?" And it's like, sorry, I'm trying to pay attention. And it's just like, it's overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. Okay.
1: Well, last yeah. one, and this would be a good one to end on right here. Cool. Uh, who would be your number one pick to be a cameo in your movie?
2: A cameo. Okay, so I'm picking someone who's playing my character.
1: Uh, well, I thought cameos is like they come in and do a quick piece or they make an appearance.
2: Oh, I'm thinking, what am I thinking of? Okay. Right. Angelina Jolie. Oh,
1: good choice. Like, <laughs> she, she your favorite actress?
2: She's one of the few people that I want to meet. I like, I actually want to have a conversation with her. Um, I'm not big on like the whole Hollywood thing. I don't care that she's a great actress. I just think she and I would actually have a good conversation. So then, that way, if I have her in my movie, then I can just have a conversation with her too. So, <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Cameo, cameo appearance, and often shortened to just cameos a brief appearance of a well-known person in work. Okay, we got it right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, Lynn, you're a badass person. I'm glad we did this.
2: Yeah, I'm happy to talk with you. <laughs> this is gonna be cool.
1: Um, if people want to find you or anything you want to plug in general, just uh, feel free to do that.
2: Cool. Will do. Um. So you can find me on YouTube, YouTube backslash Len Rivers. I have a lot on human design there. Um, And riverswellness.net is my only website that's active right now, but it's not, um, it's not up to date, but you can contact me there if you need to. And I do have services up. Um, So that's one of the best ways to reach me right now.
1: Well, um, thanks for being here. Any last messages you want to give out or people need to know before we, uh, Call it a night.
2: No, I do expect you to get this Angelina Jolie though. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll
1: tag every tag everywhere. Like everybody be tagging her. So I know. Cool. Well, good. Well again, thank you. You're a badass person. This was awesome. This was fun.
2: Yes. Okay. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Okay. See you folks. Okay.